Welcome to Conscious Being Conscious Living podcast. I'm Eva Pandit and I invite you to explore a different way of being and creating in the world. Hello everybody and welcome to this very first installation of Conscious Being Conscious Living. My name is Eva Pandit. I am a certified life coach and I am an Access Consciousness Certified Facilitator and this podcast right here, Conscious Being Conscious Living, is an exploration, as it's called, to what it is even like to live a conscious life and how it is different from what we would think it is. And that kind of ties into, hi Amanda, um, if you hear me say hello in between, that's because I'm acknowledging some people that are here live. I'd love to have you join me live as well. All right, back to the topic and a heads up, ADD romp happening here and since we're talking about depression and we'll be talking about things like labels and disorders that people are often diagnosed with, uh, I think it's a great start. (laughs) So depression. Now I come from a very interesting family and I have a very interesting genetic background, like I have a direct uh, predisposition if you may say so to Uh, depression and a lot of other mental conditions and all through growing up it was really hard for me because uh, my mother was very kind and very caring and she wanted the best for me but what she ended up doing was she would actually project on me not to have that which she saw in other people in their lives. So there was a huge conflict growing up around A, having certain experiences like depression, and B, then uh, also having a very strong sense of from the very beginning that there has to be something different. There has to be something different available. Uh, Something else must be possible. Like there should be some, like where is that thing? Like I didn't even know what it is, but I knew there's a different possibility around it. And it's been an exploration to finding it. So, well, back to my story. I was born in this very interesting family with very interesting predispositions. From a very young age, I was called the sensitive child. Eventually that got diagnosed into HSP, which is highly sensitive person. Uh, in psychology, that's what they call it. Several more diagnoses came in as I was growing older, starting with OCD, uh, that, oh my God, I am always so, you know, uh, I remember this one particular example in my school days and I had to draw, draw a pie chart and divide it into a half. And I spent like 45 minutes in trying to cut that into half. And I'm like, oh fuck, I need help. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's where, uh, you know, Eventually, I found out, okay, that's a part of OCD and eventually got diagnosed as ADD. And very, very recently, I found out in talking with a therapist that it's very much possible that I'm a highly functioning autistic woman. And so there's a bunch of different kind of energy and mashup to begin with. And the thing with these labels and definitions is exactly that, that we label things or we label diagnoses and we uh, define them, I would say that the purpose of it in the very beginning from a very scientific point of view is to get what it is, like to identify, to acknowledge what's really going on, what's different here. But very soon from there, it gets really twisted into 
this thing that is wrong that needs to be fixed that there's a problem then we need to solve for like we stop asking questions and so that is where the disconnect started happening for me like I remember going to like therapist after therapist and nothing made sense and I only found that going to therapists was making me more depressed. <laughs> like I would talk about stuff and maybe cry but nothing truly was, it would feel better temporarily but nothing truly would change. It's like things would just come back and this became more of a thing for me as I grew up. Uh, like when I uh, was studying, I remember there was this whole period between my graduation and post-graduation, which by the way is in psychology. So like I am, when I'm talking about OCD, ADD, autism and all of that, I really have studied this material because I was so curious from a young age that what is this stuff that I experience and what, there has to be a different way, there has to be a way around it, right? So, but between uh, when I was in my master, bachelor's and master's in psychology, there was a, a really, really bleak period. And I so remember the way they taught the definition of psych, uh, depression as they taught us. I just literally remember it word by word is when life, uh, when life seems bleak and challenges overwhelming. That's, that's depression for you. And of course, there's, there's certain DSM way standardized way to diagnose it. So it's not that if life is feeling bleak right now and challenging challenges overwhelming does not necessarily mean that you are diagnosed with depression. Just saying, heads up guys. Hi Alexandra, so good to see you here, my friend. We were talking about depression, very interesting topic, you see. <laughs> so anyway, uh, from that space, I was like, yeah, so right after my graduation, there was this whole period of a month, a month and a half when I didn't even step out of my room. I'm not even kidding. And this had been my secret struggle, as you would find with a lot of people who are struggling with mental health conditions like depression and stuff like that. People don't necessarily talk about it and it doesn't necessarily show very overtly uh, with everyone. So this was my secret struggle. I don't even think I ever sh shared with my friends about how I was feeling. It was just like, I'm in hibernation. Like that's, that's how I would just brush it off. Oh, I'm in the hibernation mode. And so I remember that entire six uh, week to maybe two month period where I didn't even step out of my room. And that was when my, uh, I remember my parents were like, that's it. There ha something has to change here. And uh, we tried therapists before that didn't truly work for me. So we started like my parents became more open to trying like alternate things. And they uh, I remember there was um, pranic healing, uh, amazing, wonderful lady that I started visiting. And so I started being introduced to like these different points of views and different approach to uh, things like depression and things like mental conditions, for example, in the Eastern school of thought they talk about chi or prana which is basically you know the energy your energy field and like basically the flow of energy is not moving and when you're in that rut of depression or what you call that dull phase you can literally perceive it in my body in your body like things are not moved like the energy is not moving it's stuck it's contractive it's heavy it's dense so well it became more and more of a thing for me that I knew I had to look after. 
as I started becoming more of an adult in my college days, in my postgrad days, and much after that, when I specially started working. Because, like, I was so depressed. I would go to office. I remember I was in corporate for a very short time, and I would go to my office. It was my dream job. And I did everything right, you guys. Like, I did my education right. I did my master's. I topped my master's. I was like a gold medalist in the entire fucking university. And then I got my dream job, the only one who got placed. And yet there was something that always felt was off. Like my moods would change like this and I never knew what to do with it. I knew at the same time that it's not really a problem as we call it a problem. You know, there was somewhere a sense of knowing from the very, very beginning that um, there has to be something different. This, this is something different. What, what is this? What can I do with this? And I guess it's that sort of wonderment and that sort of relentless demand, oftentimes coming from frustration, that this cannot be it. This cannot be it. That started rolling out this different energy and different momentum in my life. And that's when uh, I started studying a lot of different things. I studied uh, emotional freedom technique, for example. I studied, um, what's that? Neuro-linguistic psychology. Like, I'm a master. Like, my list of certifications, you guys, for those of you who, like, you really think that people with certifications are smart, you would think I really am smart. But honestly, I've very recently realized I'm not as smart as I thought I am because in order for me to believe that I was smart, I was really, really judging myself to... Um, be something and not really be vulnerably honest with myself enough to like ask these questions that lead to these different explorations. So again, back to the story. <laughs> I warned you, this is ADD romp happening right here in front of you. Like I jump trains, but I'll come back. I promise you that. And we are talking about depression or something else. So um, I remember like this entire phase when I was like, studying quantum physics like I was this person who in school thought science is not my thing and then suddenly after studying psychology and looking at different things and even in within psychology I remember it was very disappointing in in a sense for me because everything felt like everything was diagnosed as a problem and I'm like no there has to be more there has to be more and uh, anyways so eventually what I found for myself like not Things would change uh, when I would try a modality, try a tool, try a method. Things would change and they would quickly come back to that sense of contraction. And it was years later and years ago from now, like in 2011 or 12, I think, I finally found this weird and wacky thing called access consciousness. It didn't make any sense at all, but there were a couple of things that uh, it talked about that instantly resonated with me. And those are the two tools that I wanted to share with you here today as well. The first one, which has kind of like become the GPS of my life. I teach it to all my clients now too. Like we literally use these tools in creation of business because guess what? If that's the kind of turmoil you're going through, like if you have an inner turmoil going through that you're going through or you're in these phases of contraction and these mood swings and things like that, guess what gets impacted? your life, your living, what you're creating, your relationships, your business, the quality of your experience of things. 
So I really want you to have these two things. First one being light and heavy, which basically is that everything that has a sense of lightness to it, has a sense of expansion to it, everything that's light for you is what's true for you. And notice if that felt light. Like a lot of times we are told this is the right thing, this is the wrong thing, this is right for you, this is wrong for you. But what if none of that is true? And what if the first thing to truly get is to know what's right for you? And I specifically say you with emphasis because what's light and right for you might not be for somebody else. It's a very, very subjective reality. All of us get to have our own reality, our own Truth, if you may say so, but I know like saying truth kind of has a very significant element to it, but it's literally as simple as that anything that expands your energy and expands your body and expands your space and expands your energy is what's true for you. And anything that contracts you, that makes you feel heavy and dull, is likely not true for you. There's something there that's not true for you. It's like the energy's way of communicating with you. So there, right there, was my first cue that anytime I'm in that depressed phase, I do know that my life gets really contractive. My, I, I fucking feel it in my body, like Physically, everything contracts in my world. Mentally, everything contracts in my world. And things like that, like the energy collapses. And that right there is a cue that anything that's heavy, chances are there's something there that's not true for you. And so anytime that I'm in that phase of, and I often literally, like there's so many times, even in my day-to-day life, even now that... I wake up and there's a sense of contraction. So let's actually take a little bit of a sidetrack and look at what that is then. What is that heaviness? And there comes the question that I'd actually asked while I was creating um, the invitation for this show, which is that what if your depression is actually an awareness? Now, this is again one of those mind-blowing, out-of-this-world kind of things that nobody talks about, nobody ever educates us in. But just think about it. What if you're aware far more than you acknowledge or give yourself credit for because nobody else in the world does? Now, hear me out. Has it ever happened that like you're talking to someone and you're having a really, really good day, but just that one interaction and everything after that suddenly is like well, contracted. What is that? Because a moment ago you were in a very expansive, joyful, exuberant space. So what really occurred in that moment that contracted your space? And what if you just became aware of something there? This right here, my friend, is the key to really getting what is depression if it's not what is for you because it's not a light and expansive energy, is it? It's contractive and dull. 
So what are you aware of? Like another example, has it ever occurred that you're walking the street and you just cross eyes with somebody, exchange like a glance, and you don't even realize you've crossed somebody and suddenly you're like, where, where's my joy? Where's the expansive space? Like now I'm suddenly in my head. What if none of that is yours? And it's just your awareness of other people in the world. Like, do you know, do you know when people in your life are not having a good day? Do you know, even if someone is lying, that they're suffering? Do you know, like, does it ever occur that you're thinking of a friend and they call? What is all this? What if it was not coincidence, as we call it? And this is literally like a natural, innate gift and capacity all of us are born with. Like, if you've ever been in a room with a tiny little baby that doesn't even know words, that doesn't even speak words or languages we know it yet, you would know that the baby responds to when someone comes in the room with heavy, intense energy of anger, and the baby responds different when someone comes in the room with the spacious energy and joy and exuberance of meeting that child. And so there is this language before the cognitive language that we learned, like before words, there was still a language that we were aware of that we communicate with, and that's the language of energy. Energy that we're aware of at all times. Like someone doesn't need to open their mouth to tell us that they're having a bad day. Or someone might really try hard to be present with you, but you can tell this person is a little distracted or is in a very, in, in, is in some kind of like, can you sometimes just feel it in your body how somebody else is feeling? Like, I know there is a word for it in the world. We call it empaths a lot of times. And in psychology, we also call it HSD, highly sensitive personalities. And um, what, in a very, very layman term, sometimes people might say you're very sensitive. But even in all of those times, what's really occurring? What are you aware of? What have you tapped into that isn't yours? Because remember, what's yours is always light and always expansive. Anytime it's get, it gets heavy, anytime it gets contracted, what have you tapped into? What awareness is that? Is this even yours? So, I know it's a lot to ponder over, but I'll ask you again. What if it's not depression and it's something else? And for me, one of the biggest, the way, by the way, to find out if it's depression or something else when you ask that question is not to go looking with your head. Is this depression? Is this something else? What else could it be? It's not about like going to your head and trying to figure out. It's about just tapping into the energy of it. Looking at what's light for you is your truth, is what's true for you, is what's real for you, and everything that's heavy is a contraction and a lie. And acknowledging anytime you're in that space of density that it's not yours, even if you feel it in your body. Just like if your friend is having a bad day or is sad and you feel it in your body, it's just that amplified times a godzillion, like literally. No one educates us on how aware we are 
And this is the conversation that truly started changing everything in my life around depression. Because I stopped assuming it's mine just because I feel it. Now, I'm not undermining if you think and you have a sense that, you know, you're too deep in it and you need help. I'm all up for you going and grabbing help when you know you need it. And even in that, what I invite you to look at is that what creates more space in your world? What if you started following that? And instead of defining that this is depression or that I am depressed or that I am sad, because, you know, here's a problem with that, that if you've determined, if you've defined, if you've concluded I am sad or that I am not feeling good, then that's the lens through which you will see it. Everything, like you try to solve for it based on the assumption that it's yours. While if you were to take one step back from that place and ask, is this mine or am I aware of something here? And if that lightens up your space, like use the energy of light and heavy to guide yourself forward, you will find even before that point of conclusion that it's not even yours. And guess what? If it's not your problem, you cannot solve it. And there is a gift that you have of awareness and I wonder that when we start, instead of concluding and defining and limiting ourselves with these uh, definitions and conclusions, if we started being more present, asking different questions, engaging with ourselves, with our lives, with our business, with, with our people, with the universe, with God, whatever, however you understand that, you know, all-inclusive, non-judgmental force in the universe, we started engaging more with that and asking more questions with that and engaging with that energy and choosing not based on our intellect, not based on our mind, because mind is literally at the root of what is creating this problem. Yes, a lot of times I see people misunderstand that now my job is to manage my mind. No, my friend, even when you're meditating, the purpose is not to manage your mind. The purpose is to just become aware that it's a creation and out create that mind. And so what is that space for you where you're no more controlled by your mind and your intellect and the definitions and conclusions and everything that you are told that this is what it is and rather go to that space and find what's that space of truth for me that if me the being the truth of me is the spaciousness this energy this expansiveness then when i'm this what is that is it depression or is it something else and you'll be amazed at what you find on that exploration because it is an exploration. It's not something, it's not a pill, magic pill that you swallow, which a lot of us are, you know, sold, even in the medical world, even in the psychology world, that this is going to be your solution. What if none of that was true? And what if truly the creation of your life, your true life, in which you're the space and the expansion and the joy and the exuberance and the generative energy that creates and chooses and creates and engages and is living and is alive. What if that is what's true for you? And how can you approach everything that you're experiencing that's other than that different 
so you can find what's true for you and create your life from that. Now, this is a conversation I thought it's very interesting and very important to have, and I chose it as my first ever conversation on this new show here, is because even as an entrepreneur, this is one thing that I have to really be present with myself on because I wake up so many mornings and I'm in that space of contraction and dense, heavy energy. And now that I know, I ask, is this mine or am I aware of something? Like, do you know the level of density in the world right now? Do you see how many people feel lonely and depressed? What if you just tapped into that? And so how much of that, which you're calling your sadness or depression or whatever emotion that is, is just the aware you tapping into everybody else. Yes, my friend, you have that capacity. You have that gift. And it's now the time to start to know it and engage with it and to find what really works for you. Okay, so if you have something around depression or feeling that you are stuck with, that you're not able to change, and you know that something else is possible, I will be so happy to hear from you in the comments or write to me in a private message here on Facebook page. The handle is at I am Eva Pandit. And I'll be very happy to chat with you because the level of freedom that this whole thing has brought to me, it nothing makes me happier than to just pass it forward and share it with more people and help other people see what's truly possible with and around their life and living. Okay, thank you so much for joining me live this week. We will meet again next week with another exploration on conscious being, conscious living. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this show. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review on the platform you're listening on and share this with somebody you know who might be looking for something different in their life. To join me in the free Conscious Being Conscious Living Club and receive your welcome gift, you can go to avapundit.com forward slash club. And to learn more about the amazing tools of Access Consciousness, you can visit accessconsciousness.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast.